Welcome back to Power of the Mind, the podcast where we give you simple tools to help you learn more about yourself and others. Today's episode, we're going to talk about what to do if you hate your mother-in-law or father-in-law or sister-in-law or really any of your in-laws. As the holidays approach, there are lots of opportunities for interacting with family, which for some of us is great. For some of us, maybe a little bit less great. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Power of the Mind, presented by Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare. It's a mouthful. It is a mouthful. How's There's a going? lot in there. A whole lot. Yeah. Well, how's it going? Going good. What do you want to talk about today? I don't know. What do you want to talk about today? Well, it's the holidays. It is. It's uh, right around the corner into Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming mm, up. Yeah. Joyful time. For some. It's a time to be with family. It's going to be awesome. But there's a problem. Yes. I hate my mother-in-law. You do? Eh, not me. Oh, okay. Yes. But there are some who do. And sure. now they've got to spend the holidays with them. Right, so how right. do we mentally prepare for that? What do we do to save the relationship? Sure, sure. Well, it depends on which relationship needs saving, right? I mean, the ideal situation, if I have a, a relative I don't like, is I say to myself, hmm, is this, is it worth the personal sacrifice to spend the time with them or not? Would my Christmas be better not doing that? One of the challenges that we have in mental health is that sometimes we make choices that we don't necessarily have to and uh, don't really calculate the cost. See, the thing is, if I choose to be around somebody who I find to be toxic or difficult, um, I pay the price. Now, if I choose not to be around them, I pay the price also. But for whatever reason, a lot of times, we'll just not calculate the fact that we have to pay the price if we do show up. I think, oh man, I'll look bad or hurt somebody's feelings if I choose to be a part of this process again. And that is true. That's the challenge with this. It's right. a, a triage situation. Mm -hmm. So triage is when you have um, a series of bad decisions that have bad outcomes, and you have to pick the one that is the least bad. Hmm. So one thing that can be really interesting is to really sit down and run the proverbial numbers again, so to speak, on the situation you're walking into. Like, mm -hmm. how bad would it be if I set a limit and said this behavior or this individual or both are not congruent with who and how I want to be and who and how I want to live my life, and I'm going to choose not to be a part of that process? Interesting, because it's, for me, thinking about it, it's one, i got to save, you know, it's my husband's mom or maybe it's you know my mom who knows but is it i mean the expectation is that you show up right you go mm -hmm. to family dinner it's it's thanksgiving you know you're gonna oh, fight yeah. over the drumstick but you know what's gonna send you well, anybody with it for a lot <laughs> for a lot of people the answer is i'm gonna keep showing up because the uh the challenges associated with setting that limit eclipse the price that I pay for walking through it. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes that's appropriate because the other challenge I have is that sometimes my expectations aren't realistic. Uh, I find this a lot with folks who are wanting to argue with family around political issues or issues that are system-wide or large-scale, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter um, unless you're one uh, of nine people in the country, your opinion on you know, the, what the Supreme Court is doing 
isn't super relevant around the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. table. You know, you can choose to set that aside. You might decide, I find this person's uh, preference to be, you know, irritating. But there's a difference between being irritating and being uh, unworthy of my ongoing communication. I can be around somebody who has views that I don't like or habits or patterns that I don't like, and I don't have to suffer if I choose to allow them to just be who they are, particularly if I'm able to do that for a short period of time. And I was thinking too, like the worst thing, like in my case, would be just got to be nice, be polite, and we'll get out of this and we'll go home and we're done. For some people though, it could trigger falling back into bad habits or possibly taking that glass of wine when I know I shouldn't be drinking or sure. medicating myself to make sure I'm able to put up with this person because maybe they're the reason for past addictions or something. So, mm. I mean, I, I wasn't thinking about it at first, but these could be those triggers for some people that maybe they have to draw that line and say, if I, yes, it's family dinner, but if I go, I'm putting myself right back in the place that I've tried so hard to stay away from or you oh, may yeah. compromise sobriety or I can think of a lot of different clients over the years who've been early in their process and have had to make some difficult decisions about this sort of thing. Um, yeah. uh, one in particular comes to mind her family system was uh, pretty crazy. She was raised in a almost a cult. People use the word cult uh, too frequently, but it was uh, definitely a brand of religion that was not particularly pleasant. I'll just put it, I'll say that. And as she was continuing to grow and kind of figure out who she was, she had to really contend with, do I go back for the holidays? Do I, how do I survive around my family? And then at one point later in her life, you know, she made some choices around work to to leave a situation that probably wasn't very good for her. But then she didn't have a place to live, (laughs) which is pretty uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And she had a couple of kids, so she ended up, having to decide if she could move back in to the with those folks. And we talked a lot about the idea of returning to the scene of the crime. And that's really what we're doing when we go back, uh, if we're early in our process and starting to uncover some of the challenges, the emotional, physical, sexual abuse type stuff, and we head back in that direction, it can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, often even, it can be a challenge that's wise to avoid. And... It's also very difficult to put my own well-being ahead of the societal norms and expectations and really the family norms and expectations around the holidays. And it's not always an easy decision either because there is some pain and challenge that can be caused, especially if there are other people in the family, you know, uh, husbands, wives, sons, daughters, in-laws, uncles, aunts, etc. And you can do some damage that cannot always easily be undone. So it's not a small decision to make, and it doesn't have to be a slam dunk or a guarantee every time. Sometimes a hard decision is a a better choice. Um, And other times I just need to change my perspective and and see what happens if I let people be themselves because they're really just going to be themselves anyway, whether I choose to be bothered by it or not. Right. It's been my observation most of the time. Most people don't change unless they want to change. So, And a lot of people don't even change then. That is true. You know? That is true. Change is tough. Yeah. 
So my thing is we've got, you know, I think about a husband and a wife, and then you go to your mother-in-law's house and you're used to being, you know, the one in charge. I'm the (laughs) wife. I cook this way. I do it this way. Sure. Or maybe mother-in-law is coming to your house for dinner and you know you see your husband who's this big strong guy and he's running the house but when mom comes around sometimes he tends to revert back to that mama's boy or you know you kind of see that dynamic switch Um, so that you know thinking about just certain situations to put out there dealing with that personality or how do you do you just let that happen do you you know what's the well, it's really interesting to look at the why underneath that sort of thing, right? So um, you're talking about a situation where my spouse uh, gets around their family members and mm-hmm. changes in their personality. And that's pretty common, actually. We tend to fill our slot and jump into the the slot we grew up in right. when we get around our family and, and sort of change roles and almost change personas. And, and so then, um, you know, in that situation, I would probably look at, well, like, how does that impact you? As the observer, like, does it bring up insecurity or fear? You know, does he like mom better than me, for example? Am I really, in every situation where there's a long-term partnership, what we're really looking for is a secure, functioning relationship. And what that means is it's you and me against the world. You're on my team. You're my person. Um, When crap comes down, I know I can depend on you to take care of me and vice versa. And if I get into a situation where, you know, my spouse's role changes around his or her parents, then I can come into question like, well, am I valuable? Am I important? How do I rank? And that's an interesting question, but ultimately, um, you know, it's a question for me to ask, right? And, And also, in the event that my partner does have this particular, what I might view as a flaw of, you know, coming into orbit around mom or sister or brother, and that does impact me as a permanent. And how big a deal is it really? Yeah. Right. Because I think back in like early in my marriage, that was sure. very, you know, the that's this is my person. And, you know, what, if I get into an argument or something with his mother, he needs to be defending, you know, me. I'm his mm-hmm. wife. But now that I'm older and probably because I have older children, sure. you know, you start seeing and probably, you know, now that I'm almost a certified therapist going well, on our 30th episode. Yeah, so I mean, we're. You know, I, I see it differently with the fact that you, that's his mom. Like sure. He's got to, you know, he's got to be there for his mom too. So it's probably because I have a 23-year-old son now that I'm like, hey. <laughs> so you can relate. He's got to look out for his you mama can relate. too. Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, after a person has been in a relationship for a long, long time, the insecurities and fears tend to atrophy because it's been a long, long mm-hmm. time. You get to a certain point. And this is one of the things I think we talked uh, earlier in the series about polyamoriety and, and the idea of having multiple partners, you know, one of the things that you generally miss out on in that situation is the secure functioning side of the relationship. I always say to folks who are in that spot, like, well, who's going to take care of you when you're old and ugly? Because sooner or later, we're all getting old and ugly. Damn. Not much you guys, nothing you can do. <laughs> Man. Yeah. We all lose our charms in the end is the, the Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend song. I was yeah. listening to that the other day from... Um, what was that Nicole Kidman movie that came out forever ago? Um, it was a musical, Moulin Rouge. Oh, I was listening yeah, yeah. to the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. And Great. I thought, you know, there's that song has stood the test of time in part because 
there's a lot of truth to the idea mm-hmm. that, yeah, we do. We all lose our charms in the end. Um, so when that happens, it's kind of nice to be next to somebody who is also losing their charms and to have 20 mm-hmm. or 30 or 40 or 50 years of shared experience under your belt and to be able to think, well, it'd be a real pain in the butt for them to take off at this point. Yeah. You I know? mean, so much work. So much paperwork and new person <laughs> and all that stuff. We might as well just stick around for each other. Well, and I think, you know, for me, my eyes are getting worse. So I think that's somebody's way hey, of saying, there you, you know go. what? My husband, out. my husband's supposed to get his eyes fixed. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> don't do that. You don't need glasses. You're fine. But, so, yeah, yeah as we're, as we're uh, in a relationship, I think I've mentioned this step before, but the, the Gottman folks, they did the study of people in their first year of marriage and in their 10th year of marriage, and 70% of the problems were the same. People actually don't change. What changes is our posture mm-hmm. toward it. And that's probably a pretty worthwhile answer to this particular question. How do I how do I survive my in-laws who I hate? Say, well, I look at how they're impacting me in a way that leads me to have that response. And I ask myself, you know, how much of that is about me and how much mm-hmm. of that is about them? And it's often quite a bit about me. Most resentment, if you really boil it down, when I have anger at a situation or a person, either... I have unrealistic expectations, a.k.a. childish expectations, or I'm being mistreated. And if I'm being mistreated, I'm obligated to stand up and say, hey, I'm being mistreated. I need that mm-hmm. this needs to stop. And if I am uh, having unrealistic expectations, I need to sit down, <laughs> not stand right, up, right. and to say, okay, Greg, time for you to grow up. Mm-hmm. The world isn't going to be the way you want it to be. People aren't going to treat you the way you want them to treat you all the time. They get to be who they are and and act how they act. And uh, it doesn't need to be caused for a bunch of discomfort. So if uh, your mother-in-law comes in and wants to add a little extra salt to the gravy because that's the way she does it. You just throw that shit on the floor. <laughs> you were done. The, I'm flip done. Flip the table. I'm done, yeah, flip the table. Ever see the Chris Farley cartoon? Yes. No, not, car- not cartoon. Oh, he looks- Where he, he, they feed him the, the dry crystal coffee. Actually, oh. sir, we substituted your coffee for these dry, you know, Folgers the crystals. Folgers. And he goes crazy and just tears the restaurant just apart. Tears, it's hysterically yeah. funny. If you, so that's where you draw the line. Chris Farley coffee. Yeah, the, the definitely that's the salted it. gravy. You just we're done. It's over because everybody knows it's like chicken broth that we use in there. That's right. right. Better than bouillon is actually the best. But <laughs> so those I mean, little things. Just kidding. Just for kidding. the record. Just just, just so kidding. we're clear. So uh, those little things. It's once or twice a year. You got to put up with it. Just deal with it. Right. But. If, you know, mother-in-law comes in and it's constant critiques and constant bullying almost, that's where you, and, and that, don't look at your husband to make the stand. You have to do that. Well, you know, again, we, we would like, in a, if we're talking about secure functioning relationships, in a secure functioning relationship, I will go and advocate for my partner even in the face of other members of the family. So there's some merit to the belief that that is how it quote unquote should go. Mm-hmm. That said, um, yeah, that might not be realistic for whatever reason for my partner, and I can I can voice that request and expectation and need and demand to my partner, and, and that may work or it may not. It depends on my relationship and uh, my partner's relationship with the family member. I really don't have much control over that, but right. I do have control um, over saying, "Hey, this isn't going to work for me. You have to stop doing this now." Or and and the only other thing I have control over is my geographic location most of the time. 
<laughs> and so I can say, Do you like me living here? <laughs> well, that's that's one option, yes. Yeah. And also, um, you know, if you continue to talk to me this way, I'm going to find someplace else to be. So you make your choice, and, and your son's I'll make coming mine. with me. Yeah, and and <laughs> your, your son or your grandson or whoever it is Oof. is coming with me. And so had to bring in the grandbabies. Hey, listen. And when we got some leverage, we got leverage. So that's the other leverage. thing I do when I'm involved in a negotiation. I recognize my position and I uh, apply leverage if and when I can. But that's the, at the end of the day, and, that, and that's the case too in some of the more severe situations. So I work in treatment. And a lot of people in treatment are very disappointed to be in treatment during the holidays. Well, the reality is for most folks, treatment's a much better spot mm -hmm. to be in the holidays than at home. Um, the dynamics that have led to the challenges that underlie the addiction are happening at home and actually you also traditionally would get a big glut of people going to treatment right after the holidays january and february everything would fill up you uh, know i have that on the calendar that i want to discuss as we're going into the holidays like why that happens and and it does it happen do you see that so it is i'm on the oh, right there's a lot of, oh yeah, yeah there's a lot of good reasons for it happening you know if you think about it let's say i have a son or a daughter at college and they come home for the holidays and they're home on Christmas for two or three weeks, uh, I become very acquainted with habits that mm -hmm. they have not necessarily shared with me in the past. Um, or let's say I'm kind of on the edge addiction-wise and my family is pretty challenging for me. I have one family member who's an addict or another family member who's abusive or been abusive in the past. I go home, I'm exposed to the behavior and my addiction takes a turn for the worse. So there's just a lot of reasons why the holidays become sort of an epicenter for addiction and its mm -hmm. movement and direction. So without even realizing it, you gave a teaser for the next couple episodes coming up. Yes. I would assume, I was thinking. Yeah. Because I, being somebody who I've never luckily had the battle with addiction, but holidays are stressful. Sure, The sure. expectations, the the hope that this is going to be perfect to the perfect day and you know it's so I, that's kind of where i'd like to go over the next couple episodes just, just talk about expectations and why people fall into, into suicide i mean i, oh, yeah, I would have to think that that's that pretty high run the holidays yeah mm -hmm. so teasers teasers love it there we go. so too much salt in the gravy we're going to let that go or flip it's probably the table. probably let, better to let it go, let it go. Versus okay, perfect. Table, yeah. um bullying you got to stand up yeah, for that. Yeah, not so much. Use the grandbabies because that would work on me. <laughs> Definitely would work on me. So. The, the ultimate leverage that I have most of the time is my geographic location. And now mm -hmm. with Uber and Lyft, um, even when I don't have leverage, a lot of the times I do. And I, I just have to remember, I have to just kind of do the math. Um, is what's happening now and the pain I'm enduring now worth what I'm going to have to go through with myself mm -hmm. later or do i need to take a stand do i need to say no more i won't be a part of this process any longer at least not for today and what do you always say you always say that people will not change unless what they are doing now is too difficult and it's you need to change right it's well, people resist change better. and the pain is staying the same there it is when that gets worse than the fear of change then change happens. So. Another way of putting it is when the when it gets worse than the pain of change, because change hurts every time. Mm -hmm. If you if you in, engage in a new behavior, particularly in your family system, 
generally new boundaries are met with rage. That's a pretty safe bet. Mm -hmm. So if I say no for the first time, and I've been saying yes for a long time, the people in my presence will poke and prod and then eventually blow up in whatever way they blow up. So there's good reason to fear change. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to fear change. But most of the time, there's really good reason to fear continuing to stay the same too. And we tend to discount that. Right. We tend to take the, uh, the long-term pain over short-term pain and its accompanying gain, yeah. uh, often to our detriment. Well, I expected this, I don't know what I expected, because usually with you, we go down like a more dark path, because I'm thinking, oh, I hate my mother-in-law, this is gonna be funny, but <laughs> it can actually be pretty serious, so. Well, it can, yeah. It depends on the circumstances, except for, except for you. Perfect Your situation. You have a perfect mother-in-law? I know. That's pretty neat. <laughs> Congratulations I, on I, that. I will be. I oh, am. you will. You are. I, I understand. I didn't understand. I don't know. I might be yeah. difficult sometimes. I doubt it. Too much salt in the gravy. I don't believe sure. it. I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> it's. I don't think so. I think I. I want to be. I want to be a good mother-in-law. It's with the girls. It's been. Eh, they throw some crazies at me once in a while, but my son has yet to really bring somebody home, which is probably smart with four sisters and me as his mom so mm -hmm. i'll keep you informed on that one because i already don't like her and he doesn't even have a girlfriend yet i'm already uh, like all right that's my joshy that's oh, my baby oh. so well thank you sure you've, you've saved me from eating salty gravy or putting up with the salty gravy so that's right you tell that. him you say absolutely not no no salt flipping the table well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to my favorite part of the week, Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare, Power of the Mind, the awesome Greg Struby. Happy holidays. Yes, indeed. For information about mental health and addiction treatment, you can reach out to Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare online at granitemountainbhc.com. That's granitemountainbhc.com. Or give us a call at 877-338-6287. That's 877-338-6287. If you have a comment about this podcast or a question you'd like us to address in the podcast, you can check out the Contact Us page at my website, gregstruvy.com. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-R-U-V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. This has been a Cast 11 production brought to you by Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare. This episode was produced by Austin Morrison. Follow Cast 11 on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Talking Glass Media.